0: Welcome to the Eagles Nest Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this recent message by Senior Pastor Tim Winter. Well, I have good news, and the resurrection is the best news. Thank God for the gift of Jesus Christ. I want to uh, answer, or the Lord's given us an answer to what we cried out for, more and more poured out. In fact, when Rita got up at the memorial, she shared in in honor of her late husband, who was a devout believer. I've known uh, Joe for many, many years when I was a teenager, well, he ran an auto mechanic shop in my neighborhood. So often we'd get over there and all of that, and he was an evangelist. He ministered to his clients, and and he didn't care if you didn't like it or not. He was very bold and direct, and so... uh, he actually was part of the beginning of my questioning, I wonder, as a Catholic, if I'm okay. And he would just, you're not okay, you know, right in the chest. You know, you need to be born again and all of that. And so he was part of the beginning uh, process and that direct uh, message of Jesus Christ. But when we ask for God to pour it out, he pours it out, and when Rita, just one little mention of her sharing. She got up to share and was composed and wanted to honor her husband. She said, I need, to, I need to give you a drink out of my saucer. I thought, hmm. And she says, because my cup overfloweth with God's love. So that, was a, that just kind of really blessed me as someone who gets to say things a lot of times. And I, gosh, I hope God, out of all this bucket load of words coming out of my mouth, may you give him a spoonful of good stuff. So I pray, whether it's the saucer, the spoon or just God nurturing you in your ear, when he, you asked for him to pour it out, I believe he's going to give you some good news and let you see something that perhaps you haven't seen or see it in a new way. And uh, that's a good thing. We're talking about vision this year, and I, I like my, I'm not a, I'm not a, a graphics guy by... Okay, now that didn't work out the way I thought it would. Hmm, that's better be the, the right one. It's supposed to have... Uh... In fact, let's do a test here. Wendy, will you jump to number uh, 14 just for my sake? Okay, we're good. That's good. Back to to number one. I want to talk about vision today, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will really give you a new insight into who you are and the goal of what we are going to share with you this morning, and I believe it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, is that you would envision yourself or have a vision that God has chosen you. God has chosen you, and and that's important. In the Scripture, in chapter... uh, 29 of Proverbs, verse 18, we're told, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. The perishing element of that scripture refers to a lack of boundary or no restraint. And when there's no vision, that means uh, what Solomon is, it's actually. It's, it's this statement that we've heard. If you've been in Christianity or around spirit-filled churches or word churches that teach and take apart what God has given us to understand, you'll often hear the word vision, and that's an important concept. But this is not a standalone verse, and it really is, is, is uh, put in between the uh, concept of correction. And God allows correction and adjustment to come so that we can continue on the right path in life, and God can have His way, and that's a good thing. In John or Genesis chapter 15, just to, if I could skirt over a couple of the things that we shared together with you, uh, in the use of vision in the Scripture, the Lord Yahweh came to Abraham in a vision, communicating after a family difficulty. I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago, but by way of review in, and reminder that God's vision doesn't cancel when we go through difficulty. And God came after a very difficult time in Abram's life to restore his Abraham's purpose, reconnect him to God's vision for him, and God gave him actually a vision in, in, a, in, a, in a dream or in an uh, encounter with the Lord. And then last week, I shared some very general but very important principles that God has for you and for me. And if we don't have this in our vision, remember, where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, if, if, if I don't... Look, the other night, coming home from the memorial in that snowstorm, I'm saying, and I know I'm, I'm pretty near my lane... But I don't see the markers because it's covered with snow. I'm going to just aim down the middle. But aren't you glad when it's plowed? And thank God for Clark keeping the lot clean and Terry keeping the highways clean and all of those others that serve in those kind of ways. But we need reminders. We need need signposts. We need uh, delineators. We need way markers. And God's word is the primary way marker. And then God reminds us of his word. And sometimes that's called vision. In time of captivity, the Lord reconnected God's people to his vision of success for their lives in, in, Bab, in Babylon, and that's Jeremiah 29. And then we're told by Jesus, the Son of God, in John chapter 10 that God has an abundant life plan for us here on the earth. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. God wants me to enjoy abundance, and abundance means opulent, overflowing, drink from my saucer, my barns are full. I, I'll sh- Go talk to Mitch and get a if you really get close to him, you'll get to have a slice instead of just look at the picture. He cooked a $70 piece of meat that uh, Bill and my dad hauled, and Bill kind of gave me an elbow I said, Tim, there's a big piece of meat here. Well, Mitch smoked it. I mean, we're like eating king's food. God loves abundance. I do too. I'd rather have gas in my tank than worrying about, uh, can, I, can I make it to work? And then the, the patient... Uh, element that we have toward family and those that aren't saved in First or 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. It's a good one to memorize. Um, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of everlasting life. That's His will. That's what I envision. That's why even though we have room in our pews, I see this place overcrowded and cars on the streets and and uh, you know people, how do I get how do I get to the front where that Jesus anointing is? And uh, my goodness, Lords, pour it out, pour it out. That's what when, when we're saying, pour it out, pour that out. I, I want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. There isn't a person in here that hasn't gone through a soul assault. That's not the part of you that's going to heaven. You know, when you grow up and now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep the tooth fairy, bring me a quarter, and Santa Claus, bring me lots of gifts. I grew up in that kind of a religious environment. And the Easter bunny, and the holy cow, what's that have to do with the resurrection? That's not the prayer I'm talking about. When you begin to understand that God wants you to prosper and be in health, he wants you to enjoy his love. He wants you to be so understanding of his love that even in a difficult time, you know you're loved. And you know you're still connected to his vision. That doesn't always uh, get executed. Your soul can be attacked. Your spirit is the life principle that came from God and will go back to God. And during the time that you and I get to watch over it and make decisions with it, God wants us to make the most important decision to choose to believe. And then your spirit is reconnected to God, and God begins to move through it. But your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Those elements of your life go through. I like to, I'd like to uh, uh, compare it to a filter. It's like, you know, you go and get your oil changed. They open it up. I thought, oh, now what's he going to charge me for now? And he comes up and says, here's your air filter. Bugs hanging in it. A dead mouse tail, you know, all kinds. He said, you want a new one? It's only 29 bucks. I said, put one in there. I used to be, ah, I'll fix it later, I'll fix it later. Then i go home and i come back next time. Now there's two dead mice in there because I didn't fix it. And the engine doesn't run. Well, God wants your soul to prosper. How does your soul prosper? I want to talk to you about that. You release what's in your soul on a day. Today, with this worship coming out, you could have released the anguish or even excitement to get refreshed, recharged, and get to live another day in victory. And, and excitement for the gift of life. Thank you, Jesus. So this is good vision. Now this morning I want to add to it. And that's enough reviewer. I'll get excited and just re-preach things that are really living. But, uh, Jesus said this in John chapter 15 and verse 16. I want to end here. But I want to begin because uh, I don't want you to miss where I'm headed. This is good vision. And it cuts across, I don't know what percentage, but many human beings, if they give God the opportunity to exist in their thinking, they think of God as they can understand Him, which is wrong, because God is not a man, and His vision or His vision is higher, His understanding is higher, His His thoughts are higher than ours, and he invites us in. But there's a concept in the scriptures that I want to talk about, and that's the element of God's choosing. It could be termed in one word, which every seminary teaches, election. And if you understand this, whether you, like Stu, that was an awesome, just a, it was anointed. Just going through and chronicling some of the events in the past which could have been the end of a ministry or a vision or a person, whether it was the lions, the sea, the river, the fire, uh, the, the warriors coming against you, when God has chosen you, there's an element like, like Stephen where they're starting to throw the stones, the first one might have knocked you off and you thought, I'm not going to look at them, I'm going to look at him, and he saw him. And he said, behold, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. That exacerbated the people that couldn't see. But for those that can see, it excites you. Can you see God like that? I want to talk about his choosing you. And Jesus said it right here. The Son of God, God incarnate, very God and very man, however you want to say it, whatever genre you use. Uh, Jesus said, you have not chosen me, You didn't get up this morning and choose to come. Oh, yeah, yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Okay, well, God knew that already. And that's what Jesus is touching. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And here's the purpose. Go back to Genesis 15 real fast. First use of vision in the scripture. God came to Abraham in a vision by night and reconnected him to his plan to make Abraham a blessing To make him a blessor, to make that means if you're going to bless people, you have to have wherewithal. So you got to believe in a God that has abundance. And God reconnected Abram to his vision, and and then of course Abraham went on and did it. He fathered eight sons. Tremendous uh, down lineage of his family. Most people give him credit for Isaac. They forgot that he first had Ishmael, and he became a great man with 12 sons, and then he had six sons by Keturah after Sarah passed away, and they became great. Jesus said, I have chosen you, and here's the purpose, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. The Word that Jesus used, it's common in the New Testament, and I'm going to go back to the Old Testament. Here's where I'm going to land, but just kind of get you ready. It's like watching a Packer game after someone clicked you. The, we, now the recorders, you know, our schedules are full, so sometimes we get to it when we get to it. I learned I'm not even looking at the phone. And I could look around the room and see someone that already looked at the phone. They're not even paying attention to the game. I thought, oh man, we must have lost. Well, Jesus is showing you the victory here before you ever go through stuff. And the Greek word electos means he elected something special, and he chose it. He went into the blue book, turned around, looked around, n- nobody, well, the, the sun was here, the spirit was there, and the, they're all three going to cast a vote, and they voted for Tim Winter. December 1st, 1976, they knew, they're wooing, they knew Joe Zika, they knew Gene Winter and Bob Winter and, and uh, Dorothy Campbell and these other people that were along my life path as as as, uh, assignments and signposts, they knew that they would influence my soul and God would get his word into my spirit. And he's ordained me that I would go and bring forth fruit, that my fruit would remain. Whatever we would ask of the Father, he may give it to you in in your name. So you are elected. I'm elected. I'm chosen. And before I leave this and go back to how I want to support this, and I'll end here. I want you to see that God has ordained. Can we go to number six? I want you to see that God's ordained that you have a fruitful life. Can you envision that right now? Just close your eyes, especially Lowell and Terry and and, and Mike and Ian and Clark and... Uh, Stu, preachers, I, I know there's more, Colleen and Sharon, close your eyes and envision, go back to one of, boy, that was one of the, I can, I can you know, maybe count on one hand five really, really good sermons where I felt the Lord. I mean, revela- heaven was open, revelation was coming out of my mouth, and I knew that wasn't me, it was God who sent me. And uh, people were responding, now listen to me and agree with me. I pray that that fruit not only remain, but increase. I command that fruit to not rot or be trampled underground, because in every fruit is a seed. seed and that seed is the ongoing increase of what Jesus wants to do in my life. I envision that. It pulls me through every drought, every defeat, every difficulty, every depravity. People aren't saved yet that are supposed to be saved. But like my mother just would smile and, oh, there he goes out the door again. I wonder what time he's coming home tonight. She envisioned me preaching the gospel, envision it. Where there's no vision, you can wander and follow your soul. My God, is he going to split hell wide open tonight? No, because Jesus chose me and ordained me to bring fruit that would remain. And, and then he said, in regard to this, you're going to have to ask him. I want to commend Bill. Are you back there? Bill, repper, wave your hand. He's guarding the door. Somebody poke your nose out. There he is. Thank you, sir. And Sharon, we need prayer warriors. Now, I'm not saying everybody to come out, because if that's not your call, you'll get annoyed and look at your watch and kind of maybe get in the way of those that are called to it. We need to ask God for this fruit that would remain and guard our granaries and watch our vats and our silos and make sure that the enemy doesn't get in. Okay, now let's, let's move to where. Let me give you some support. Okay, I got to remember I'm not on my touch one. Sorry about that. Proper vision. God has chosen you. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter seven and verse six. I just want to share a couple of things. Here's where you're going to get something that maybe you had neglected, uh, and maybe you overlooked, maybe you weren't even aware of it. But God has chosen you to be a holy people unto Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh Elohim hath. Uh, the Hebrew is a little different than eklektos. Of course, Eclectic is a, a Greek word. In the Hebrew, it's the word barak, and it means to, or bakar, and it means to uh, select, choose. Not see value because of what you're doing. That's wrong. That's works. Because Mother Teresa gave all over, therefore she's going to be enthroned in heaven and and she'll be called a saint. No, God chose her to do that. And when she aligned her will with God's will, fruit is exponential. When you're supposed to pray, when you're in business, God gives you the gift of business. Yes, you'll, you'll live well, but the gift of business is to create commerce. Get money in currency, not stagnancy. Give and it shall be given unto you. That's the nature of it. And when God can move us beyond the stinginess of human nature and get us to experience the divine nature, fruit is imminent. You are a holy people under the Lord your God, and God has chosen you to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. I love these scriptures. This is my vision. This is what I see. Because it's what God s- sees. He selected me to be holy. This goes back to the holy doesn't mean to you know, wear a collar and turn it around and say, God. I, I never understood that. It's like, I, I just, there's a repulsiveness in me when, uh, and I'm not going to call it a religious spirit, but it certainly doesn't fit my ears. You know, someone be cussing and yelling and having a great time at a Packer game, and then they go to church and, oh, holy, thou most God. Will you please have mercy on all the sinners out there? However, it's like, just be you. You don't have to talk to God in a you know, kind of cat-in-a-hat language. He knows you. Just be you. I mean, I would improve your English. I need it. In fact, I heard that Joe Zika, of all people, well, I shouldn't say it that way, but I knew him when he was really kind of coarsely direct, and apparently he became a, an English proficient Corrector of preachers. <laughs> Anyways, I'll leave that alone. God's called you to be a holy people. Holy doesn't mean holy schmoly. Holy, all, all that means is dedicated. That means that something is dedicated to something. I have uh, a gun. I have several guns. I have a gun that's a, a long rifle, and I take it when I go deer hunting. I don't take that if I'm going to go uh, looking, looking for a uh, waterfowl. It's dedicated to to a long shot and one projectile. Waterfalls, I have a gun dedicated for that. It's a shotgun. Psh, shoot spread shot all over. So when God says uh, you're a holy people, he means you're dedicated for a purpose, and I've chosen you for that purpose. That purpose is to let people know about me. That's the purpose. I, I remember some of these songs and having seen the vision of God and, and been with the Lord and followed him. Sometimes closer than another, sometimes really close, and where you can hear his voice just so clearly. And then sometimes you get around people that are are, are maybe moving in someone else's shadow. And I remember one song, uh, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've made worship. I'm thinking, don't sing someone else's coming out of sin testimony when you're not even there. I had to do some correcting. And it's like, I, I don't need to say, like David, God, I'm so sorry that... Or whoever. I was an axe murderer and I'm so... No, I've sinned and come short of his glory, but I'm me. I don't need to sing someone else's song. I just learned that God has my own song. He loves me and God's chosen me and dedicated me to be a special people. Above all the people on the face of the earth. That's a good thing to know that you're chosen to be special. And Deuteronomy 18 and verse uh, 5 and Deuteronomy 14 says pretty much the same thing for you're a special. Holy people to the Lord your God, a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are on the earth. So I'm chosen to be special. Not only did he choose me to be dedicated, now this is going to start to define why he's chosen you. He's chosen you to minister, I've chosen you to stand and minister. Whether they're listening or not, whether there's a lot of people or not, I've chosen you to do this. Now, does God need to hear that he's good? No. Does he need to have my tithe or my money or my kindnesses? No. Tim needs to do this. Because what it does, watch my action once, what what it does when I obey and stand and minister or you too, I want to honor our worship team. You're called to the... I've heard so many, I'm not called to this. Nobody's singing. Stop worrying about them. If they were supposed to do what you're doing, they'd be up there moving you off the stage. I had to be... And we we're running six, 700 people sometimes. You were, you were there. It's fun days when there's a lot of people. But God doesn't change. And I'm just doing... If you don't get up, just stand up, yell. And I'd jump on the pews and walk on the pew tops. I was younger and more athletic and maybe more stupid or zealous back then. I don't know. But, you know, I'd just chide the people and do this. Finally, the sound guy came up. He's a humble man, but very skilled. He said, Yeah, I really appreciate watching you worship. That thing went into my spirit. He said, it's amazing to see your zeal and the keenness of your peculiar, you don't know how to dance, and you sing off pitch. I mean, he's really kind, but he said, I love watching it. It makes me just love God in my way. That was like the end of me trying, to, now you better, you. I don't need a you better, because he's chosen me to do what I'm learning to do And as I realized that Jesus said, Tim, I'm the one. It wasn't your mom, it wasn't your grandma, it wasn't your dad, it was me. (laughs) That's my vision. And he's the fruit inspector. And so are you, by the way. Is is the man of God, the woman of God, is their life right? Inspect the fruit. Is their wife, you know, there's there's a whole downline of, I better keep on my chosen here. But there, there are signs along the way, and these are one of them. So some are called to minister. Look at the next one. Has God chosen you to call and called you to do that? He said to the Levites, uh, Your mouth will contain direction for people. That's a, a huge weight that ministers carry, but God gives you the grace to carry it. Malachi said, The lips of the priest should keep knowledge, and the people should seek the law at Oprah's program. talk radio, Rush Limbaugh, holy cow. I fell down the stairs at a job this week. Uh, the guy had that on in the basement. I had to go down to the basement. My heel clicked on a, on a stair, and I went boom, boom, boom. And my, boom. my head hit against his, con- his steel post. And I thought, well, am I dying today? I said, I've been seriously going down with tools. No, Rush Limbaugh's still on. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I said, man, hit me harder, Lord. I can still hear him. <laughs> God wants your mouth to be an object of his vision. Sorry if he's one of your favorites. He can go, we can all go to heaven, hallelujah. But I don't want to go to heaven uh, sour as a pickle. I pray for every president. I've, I've got a vision before me. I've read the book. Climbed a little higher like Mar- Martin uh, Luther. I've been to the mountain. And I've seen the other side. God is there. He raises up the leaders. When you start getting into the tussle and the fussle, and I'm better and you're worse, and you know, preach like me, stand up and you know, let's fill this church. Well, you know, when, when God's ready, we'll be ready. And He knows how to get the, the alarm to you when you're not ready. So, if you're called to minister, minister. Let your mouth be God's mouth. Look at look at another thing. David caught this. David said uh, in 1 Chronicles 15, he said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God to minister unto him forever. If you remember the context. If you're a biblical student, you remember that some uh, from... Uh, uh, Beth Shemesh there, they tried to carry the ark and stabilize it, and people died, and you know, the church split, and I'm not going to that place anymore, and for, I think it was 70 years, the ark stayed at Obed-Edom's house, and David said, okay, now that we're going to revive this, we're going to do this, let's do it right. Let's let those that are called to it do it, and uh, then he began to name people that were called to it. He could see the calling on their life, they were chosen to uh, express the name of. Of the Lord And to give thanks of the Lord because His mercy endures forever. There's our message. We are called and chosen to express the mercy of God. Now that's a labor. You have to stand like a flint to do that. Because your soul will pull you into the, into the talk radio or into the whatever it could be that could upset you. And, uh, and get in the, in the carnal man, the carnal mind. That's not what God needs. He needs people filled and following, filled with His Spirit and following His Spirit. So David, David said, uh, these are the ones that need to do that, and let's let them do it, and let's follow them as they follow His mercy. Then we'll all be good. Now, so let's just walk it back from the beginning. Jesus said, I've chosen you. Deuteronomy, God told Moses that I've chosen a group of people to be special, to be holy, because I want, I want them to be close to me so that they can share my goodness with the whole world, not just camp on it. Now there, a disconnect happened. Some people, because you get the blessing, you think it's all about me and my blessing. The blessing is to grow in you and grow out through you, and that's a good thing. Oh, don't go way back there, Winnie. or you'll trap me in delays of moving forward. I'm just reviewing by, uh, by thought process. So Jesus said, I've chosen you, You're special people, and then there's some of those special people are going you know, to take, take more uh, on themselves, and God will give them grace to present it, and that's a good thing. And David said, well, let's make sure we work within the realms of our giftings and callings and anointings. It'll work best that way. And then he has this vision to build a house, so I'm going to start doing it, right? No, God had the vision for him, but to execute the vision, he would raise up his son Solomon. And so some are called to to minister and carry the ark. Let's move forward. Then some are called to build the house. Uh, The Lord uh, said to David, And he said, David is speaking unto Solomon in in the first person, referring to his conversation with God. And the Lord said unto me, Solomon, your son, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I love the personal uh, definition that God gives to people's lives. When you have the vision of God before you, he will begin to flesh out what you're supposed to do. And what you're not supposed to do, God just allows to maybe maybe be fruitless. It's a vine that's or a branch that's not bearing fruit, and God, He doesn't come and burn the tree. He prunes the tree. You know, I've given up the desire uh, as a, as a teenager to be the center for the Milwaukee Bucks. I've just just let it go. It's just not in God's plan for my life. I don't have the hmm the tallness. I got the heart fact i got the heart my dad could testify at seventh grade this is a carnal backflash but it's true at seventh grade the the football coach and i wasn't you know i'm i'm definitely not a a lineman now if you should have seen me then but i had the heart of a lineman and I became the starting right guard, number sixty-six for St. Catherine's Cougars football team. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm, just, I'm right down here, and looking up at the center. He said, "Just, just do what I do." I said, well, "I hope so." And the tackle's over here, and the ball was snapped, and you know, I just stand up, and as the guy's going over me, I stood up right in his, and he fell right over. And that was a good plan because I was so little, I just tripped these guys. <laughs> it was funny. Thanks for laughing. It's a true story. Uh, and then, uh, so God calls people to do things, and God called David's son Solomon to build him a house, and and his courts. For I've chosen him. And then then the Lord passes that through David to Solomon, and Yahweh says, "I've chosen you to build this house and the sanctuary. So be strong and do it." I think we're we're somewhere in there. And the be strong, and and have a vision to do what God's called you to do. Now, a proper vision also includes in not or to define, why would God have Solomon build a house? Well, let's just walk it forward a little bit. Solomon was to build this house, next slide, because life is going to be difficult sometimes. And when there was a war, if people were out away from their local land or their home, God would say, I I have so much respect to the house, to the to the house that I have had you build, that my name is there, that when people actually turn their thoughts or move their soul away from the battlefront back to the time where they had with the Lord, I will pay attention to the prayer that they have out there moving toward this place. How can I I say that? We've got our dear Justin over there in, in the Baghdad area, Nathan's brother. And he's texting some of you. We're following him and praying for him in the, in the difficulty that's over there. As he moves his thoughts back toward the Lord, God said he will honor that and bless it. And then the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And the Lord said unto him, Solomon, I've heard your prayer now that you've built the house. And Solomon, like any minister, God, now that we're here, will you please come? And the Lord's answer to him was, yes, I am going to come. And this place is a place to worship, a place of sacrifice. But not only where, where we give our things to God, but look, look at the next one in 2 Chronicles 12. Some of you have probably already gone ahead of me. The context. So what God chooses is for us to have a place to worship and then in that place to worship. Next slide, please, Wendy. I want to read it off here. Here's the famous, famous quotation that we've all learned and inspires us to pray. So what's supposed to happen here? Well, you don't have to come here every time the doors are open, but I do want you to envision people that are occupying this altar of prayer. Because once once the vision is cast, God showed a father, he shared it to his son, his son built it. Now he said, God, I built this, but you've got to staff it. You've got to provide for it. You've got to inhabit it. And the Lord answered Solomon, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Isn't that that good? For now, say now, I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever, and my eyes shall be, and my heart, my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Boy, those are the promises that I envision that keeps every man or woman of God in ministry moving forward, loving the world with the love of God. Don't love the world to to possess it, because we're just pilgrims passing through. But the Lord has chosen us. He's chosen us to minister to the world. It's kind of interesting. It's like an hourglass, envision an hourglass. God loves uh, people, and He poured His love out. And Adam and Eve, you know, envisioned themselves wise like God outside of God's plan. It disconnected them from God's heart. Sin entered the world, and death by sin. But redemption then follows immediately, and life enters back in. And so God begins to speak vision. He speaks to to Abraham and says, "I'll bless all the people." And then it, it's moving. It's getting down narrower, and then God starts ta- talking to people, and a, a, a tribe of people. Then all of a sudden, one out of the tribe named David, and then they build a house. And now, now it's as if God's having personal communication, one-on-one, like the sands are in that little narrows, and hey, I need some space. But God's dealing with them as they f- flow through, and God says, I'm going to put my name in the house. Now, As you're dealing with this one-on-one, look at the next slide. This is moving down through the chronicles of history in the Scriptures. And it's all with the vision that God has chosen people. He's chosen people to minister. He's chosen people to carry His presence. He's chosen people to be special and dedicate things to Him. He's chosen us for that. And when you see that, you hold it before you, you don't get out of bounds. I'm not going to drive down in a ditch and get stuck. This is is special. It was uh, about 500 and, well, maybe 480 years before Jesus. And and the people in Babylon were given the decree by Cyrus. Cyrus was a a compassionate king, ruler, a Persian. And he said, I've read, or it's been read to me, the chronicles of the Jews. And I understand that you were plundered 50 years ago. And some of the people here are really serving well. They're good people. Daniel, Ezekiel, the other businessmen and women that were there, growing their families and business. He said, I'm going to let you go if you want. And whoever wants to go, I'll pay the fare. I'll make sure you have an army around you to get you all the way there and check on your old property, see what's going on. As they go, they find the walls broken down. You know the story of Nehemiah and the history. And then... um, These men, Nehemiah, Zerubbabel, Joshua, the son of Josedek, and Ezra, and uh, many, many others. They're all named, by the way. Every family is named because they took upon themselves what their forefathers had envisioned. Where did their forefathers get that envisioning? From God. From people like me standing up and telling you, this is the way, walk you in it, because I'm God's mouthpiece. If you've got a gift of healing, please lay your hands on them. Maybe you can't lay hands on them, uh, but pray for them. If you have a need, if you've got a prodigal wandering, that should, that should not be, oh, I, don't, I don't want anyone to know I've got a saved face. No, 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 no. Jesus spoiled himself nakedly. so His reputation was defiled. It wasn't in God's eyes, but he humbled himself. We need to humble ourselves so we have some incense to put on the altar of prayer. What do you need done? Do you envision God doing it? He's tucked your answer in someone else's skill. And when you humble yourself and run the risk of reach, can you help me? I want to have Lowell preach a sermon soon with his five words. I heard it. God just zoomed into me. When you were ministering to those men, they're so close to passing away 80, 90. One of my tables, 93, and he's arguing with me, and I know his theological premise is wrong. But I love that guy. And his words aren't ready, his ears aren't ready to hear my words. Remember last week, the Lord spoke to me, well it wasn't audible, it was close. He said, Tim, my son, Jesus, formed words to fit ears. He's sitting on the seaside of the slopes. You were there, Galilee. And here's the word of God made flesh. Hebrew, he, he, he divided the language, moved languages forward, inward, upward, backward. You know, the back, the Asians, he moved them all, the gutter. He, he, he's the God of languages. And so he's talking, he wants to to get people to know how much he loves them, so he's got a community of agricultural people. They plant seed to grow a crop, to reap a harvest so they can live another year. And he sees them, but they don't know God. He sees them, they don't know how much he loves them, and so he sits down, it's Matthew chapter four, or Luke chapter four, What's he going to say? Baruch atah. No, he says, he says to the farmers, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and he sowed seed. He sowed some on good ground, some on stony ground, some on thorny ground, and some was good, but the birds got it before it was able to, to gestate or germinate. What was he doing? Talking about farm techniques? No, he was telling people in words they could hear that fit their ears God cares about you. I am good seed, and your life is good soil. That's how you have to see people. You have to see, you have to, okay, there's rocks up here. There's birds here. It might be all three, but down here is good soil. You've got to form your words. Job said, how forcible are right words. Jesus formed words to fit the ear. To Saul in the Hebrew tongue. Saul, Saul. I I can't quote it. I don't don't have that memorized. Why do you persecute me? This guy's ears needed to hear Hebrew tradition. And Jesus smacked him off his way. And and, and the Lord changed the life. Oh, let me get back to this. So, Cyrus lets them come home. Cyrus lets them come home. And uh, the Lord gets in their mission, their church plant if you'd want to say, or their resurrection of a church. The Lord says, in that day, Yahweh Saveot, Lord of hosts, will I take you as Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and I will make you as a signet, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. What he's really saying, a signet, means a ring. My mother bought me this ring in, uh, on Ben Yehuda Street in 1997. I wore it because uh, just enjoy it, and maybe you have things you enjoy. But she, I remember the day, I thought, I don't want you spending that money on me. You're my son. Pick out your ring. I said, I'm, I'm the co-leader here. I can't make you. She gave me that motherly look. <laughs> so we negotiated, a, button, a very nice gold ring with a lot stone. But here's the, here's the scripture. I am going to make you as a signet ring for I've chosen you. What, this is is personal. Remember the hourglass? This is you and God. And God's saying, I want to make your life like a signet ring. What is that? There's a seal on the ring. Let me just use today's vernacular. He is making you a Super Bowl ring. Your name is on the inside. What you've done is on the outside. Who you've done it with is going to be associated with. God wants your life so orchestrated that you become a signpost to your generation. He really, really does. This is the scripture in the Old Testament. Now let's jump to another guy. Jesus came and he needed the Lord, not for his own sake, but for the sake of those around him. I need you to give me your anointing. Let me explain. I am speaking from the Spirit of God right now, but if my words aren't fit to your ears, they'll fall. On the other hand, if you'll simply say, Lord, I want to hear your voice today. I want to see your vision for my life. I'm special. I'm holy, dedicated to you. I'm, I'm called to uh, carry your presence. I'm called to minister. You can stand and minister, follow. You can, like that guy watching, learning south. I just, man, I'm connected when I'm quiet and just watching you. I learned, that's okay. That's okay. Then, You get really personal, and God starts using your life, and fruit's showing up. My prayer warrior, Mike texts me all the time. God, I can't even keep up with him on text, much less drive where he's going. 14, God saved. 500, we're here. I'm praying over those decisions because I'm related to you in, in, in friendship, in ministry, and I want those barns filled so that when you go to heaven, well done. Look at all these people. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus needed the people to give him his anointing. So when you say, yeah, that's my pastor, and when someone starts getting sideways because they don't have a vision, what? sorry, that's not the man I know. The man I know is following God. His children are in order. His house is in order. And w- whatever's right, stay there. I'll leave the rest alone and leave it up to God. Okay? So Jesus gets, gets the affirmation of the prophets through the people Jesus, my servant in whom I am chosen, my well-beloved in whom my soul is well-pleased, I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Jesus was not only reminded that he was chosen, but he was affirmed by the other people that he was chosen. And that's powerful. Now we're going to where I want to end up. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So we're still on the individual. Jesus was individually acknowledged, affirmed, and chosen. He was used. Zerubbabel, Joshua, Nehemiah, Ezra, God made them like a Super Bowl ring. And and how the Lord honored that work. In fact, when you go to Israel, you still see remnants of their return in 400 BC. So it goes to the person. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Now, watch how this hourglass, once God gets you through the, the narrow of the hourglass, Peter caught it. Look at the next scripture. It's not. I'm not living in God chose me and God's blessed me. I'm living in God's blessed us. You are a chosen individual, a royal priest, a holy person, a peculiar man. No, 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 no. Did you hear how I just misquoted that scripture? If you're not careful, you'll live in an individual world with your little blessing all by yourself. And if you're not, if, if you're not submitted, I, I'm not, I don't want to get heavy, but truth is heavy. It's falling in the street, Isaiah said. Who can pick it up? You need the strength and empowering of the Lord to pick it up and hold it forth. Paul said in Philippians 1.11, holding forth the word of truth. you got to hold it forth. And we want to make sure that we realize we are a chosen, will you say it with me, generation. He didn't say you're a chosen history. This is our time. This church needs to thrive. You need to tell someone, I am chosen and I have good news for you. What's working in me will work through me for you." you. Yes, yes. Well, I don't see myself like that. Then I'm going to review it next week. Because that's what vision is all about. Reinhard Bonnke doesn't need it anymore. I don't want to watch him preach a blood-washed Africa. I want to go wash Menominee Falls. Come on. What about your family? Get them here. Break their leg and pull them in on a bayonet. Or whatever they call that thing. That's what the, the, the lost sheep is all about. Well, they'll come home when they come home. No, they might need a Gene Winter or Dorothy Campbell. They might need a Bible study or a pastor to say, son, that's the call of God you had dear hunting. Stay close to me. Can you get them to stay close? Yeah, the same way you give them liberty to go do what they want. You turn that around and say, it's time we had a talk. And I'm going to ask the hard questions. She comes for living water. Not <laughs> Not really. Lord, if you knew who was here, can I have a drink? Yes, you gonna have a drink. If you knew here was Jesus, making words, forming words to fit her ear. If you, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask him to give you a drink. And he'd give you living water. Well, give me, li- give me the living water. Was this woman proving saintly? No, no, no. Watch this, because that's not what happened. Give me living water so that I don't have to come here anymore. I want, I want the one altar fits all, and I'm off to my Cancun trip. I'm off to my 401k, and I'm, I'm not doing nothing but living in the narrows of the hourglass, knowing that I'm cool with God, but God's not cool with you. He wants you to let this flow out of you. And Jesus, then, she, then, when He told her, Well, go call your husband, and I'll give you the living water. Jesus knew, He knows. He's wondering if you're going to be honest. He's wondering if you're going to get at the altar and kneel and say, God, I need your help. I can't finance what he's put in front of me to do. Yesterday, we had two uh, volunteer business people. They began weeping. I want to start putting these things on the board. You need to know what's happening right now in our generation. Two people began to weep on that farm. I had another man, a convicted felon, and he had a go. Very wealthy businessman. And he couldn't even stay for the end of the meeting. I gotta go. I gotta go. I thought I could tell. I could starting to learn to read people. I can read boards better, than I can read people. But God's teaching me. Uh, that guy's getting agitated. I don't want to lose him. Well, oh, sorry. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta meet. Well, can I just? Can, I saw his truck. It's about sixty-five thousand dollar Ford. Really nice truck. I thought, man, I'd like to ride in it. That's not why I want. I, I said, can I? Can I at least just go show you a couple buildings? All right. So I get in there and. And he had a goal, remember. He's got to go. I got an appointment. I get in there and start driving. I said, yeah, come on, drive. Wow, look at this. You got keys for that? I said, I sure do. I don't, you want to see that? Golf building? Sure. Get in there. He's got a goal, right? Stand. I remember. I was standing right here. I knew God was there. I just, learned, I just didn't. Pastor, I'm a convicted felon. I drank so much and drove so much, I needed to get caught. I served time. I'd wake up somewhere where I don't even know how I got there. I could have killed so many people. When the judge sentenced me to community service after my prison time, I started right here, right where I'm standing. Started serving. and I started seeing a brand new me is that horse barn still there? I said, it sure is. He's got to go, right? I mean, he's just pouring out his life. Well, I said, let's go. I'll open it up. In the meantime, the other part of the whole tour is ending in the ministry. And we, I get him in there, and he comes down, and, and now he's walking down the, down the stalls. And he stopped, and he said, I, could, I could see emotion. I thought, God, Lord, I didn't even do nothing except just get in the way of a vision. I, didn't, I don't even know this guy. He said, I was... I was assigned to muck out these stalls. That's where I met the Lord. Isn't that amazing? He's getting reconnected. That was, that was a couple of months ago, and this is happening over and over and over. I, I, I invite you to say, God, Revelation says you'll anoint my eyes with ISAF eye so I can see like you see. You're a chosen generation, and a generation is a Tim uh, alongside of a Clark who's alongside of a Kathy. And and before our days on the earth are over, we want to make sure that we know we're chosen by God to bear fruit, that fruit needs to remain. No excuses. There might be reasons. Let's, let's stand to our feet and, and let the Lord help us. Go down to number, when he clicked through, I don't have time, I'm out of time. Go, 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 right there, back up. Here's the last mention of chosen in the Bible. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I will give to him as a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. I heard us sing, Lord, pour it out. And here's what he said. There will be war with, made with the Lamb and those that follow the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them that come against him. For he is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him, that's me, that's you. They that are with the Lamb who's warring for us against what opposes us, those that are with him are called. Say, I'm called. I am chosen. And I am faithful to that calling and the selection of his choosing. I'm special to God. And I I, I just thank you now, Lord. May, May this settle. Uh, down into our soul as it's coming out of our spirit. It's already been in us, and you've activated it. Some realize for the first time, I'm special because God chose me to be special. I need to sing because he's called me to honor his goodness. I need to carry his presence wherever I go, and to those that will hear, I offer them the goodness of God. Hmm. And God's making my life a personal ring, a signet with a seal. This is what I did in Tim's life, and this is what people will remember. Thank you, God. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would specially comfort. There's a person in here that hasn't been touched by uh, the loss of someone that we've said so long to. Clark's beloved uncle was uh, memorialized here last Saturday. Joe on Friday. Uh, These are people that I've known and 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 one day we will encounter that last day on the earth. But while we're here, Lord, I thank you for choosing us. I thank you for making us good soil by the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the goodness and mercy that follows us and the Lord that goes before us. The Lamb makes war against our adversaries. And we're called and chosen and faithful Let's just say this. Jesus, will you come into my heart afresh? Say it. Let's say it together. Jesus, will you come into my heart afresh? Fill me to overflowing with your goodness and mercy that forgives all my sins and gives me the promise of eternal life. I thank you for 2020 vision. Not looking back, not looking forward, but looking at you who's cast a vision for me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. Thank you, God. Amen. Thanks for listening to a recent message by senior pastor Tim Winter. Please visit EaglesnestChurch.net for more information.